Welcome to the Hemp Can Do It podcast. Hello and welcome to our fourth episode of the Hemp Can Do It podcast brought to you by WORT 89.9 FM. This is Katia Jimenez. I am here at the UW Wisconsin's Madison College of Agricultural and Life Sciences Department of Agronomy. And with me is Rodrigo Worley. Nice to meet you, Rodrigo. Likewise. <laughs> and Shelby Ellison. Nice mm-hmm. to meet you, Shelby. Hello. Hi. So uh, I am here because we got the press release that there is a new industrial hemp program that the university is going to be heading. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and your your background and what what led you here to the university? Absolutely. So again, my name is Rodrigo Worley. I'm in the Department of Agronomy at UW-Madison. I started here uh, in January of 2018, so I'm relatively new uh, to the system. I studied weed science uh, for my master's and my PhD. And I want to take a step back here because what I studied is actually control of undesired plants in row crops. So different type of uh, weeds, okay. Uh, I got both of my degrees uh, at Nebraska, but I am originally from Brazil. So I came from Brazil, I got my bachelor's degree in agronomy. Uh, So this is kind of my uh, background and how I got here to UW. And what about you, Shelby? Yes, so I have an honorary associate um, position at the university in the Department of Horticulture. I am actually a Wisconsin native and got my undergrad at the University of Wisconsin-Madison in genetics. And then I went out to California to the University of California Davis to receive my PhD in plant genetics. And I specialize here at UW in horticultural crops and particularly studying plant breeding and plant genetics. So, um, Rodrigo, can you tell me a little bit about what the goals are or the mission of CALS um, in relation to our state? No, absolutely. So not only the College of Ag, but also UW Extension. uh, One of our main goals here is to serve our clientele. We work uh, for the state. uh, We do research and we also want to deliver the the findings from our research to our clientele so that's the beautiful bridge between the college of ag and uw extension so that's one of our main uh, function address the main questions uh, that are out there right now and convey the findings uh, to our clientele in a way that they can apply to their their systems and i guess that's one of the main reasons why we're doing this uh, podcast here today sure yes hemp is uh, hemp is hot right now in, in our in our state how many extension offices so Wisconsin has 72 counties, but I imagine we don't have 72 extension offices. How does so, that work? How does the system work? Yeah, so there's, uh, there is an extension office in each county or most counties, they do have an extension office. Uh, we're going through, uh, UW is going through some changes. Uh, UW extension, it used to be that you would have an extension uh, a person in every county representing all possible areas. So what's happening right now, we're trying to restructure uh, the system. Okay, so our administrators are going through that process and what they're trying to do is to have uh, these regions 
within the state and this is all happening as we speak here okay where they're having uh, somebody that has background in crops and soil uh, somebody that has background uh, in horticulture somebody that has a background in uh, uh, youth and development so we're, we have these regions now it's all happening so it's hard for me to tell okay what's the number of personnel out there because sure. we don't have those numbers uh, quite available yet uh, but most uh, regions uh, have three or four different counties and within that region you're going to have somebody that has background again either in hort or uh, crop production which is relevant for the conversation we're having here uh, today sure so if you were to go to the extension or the, the uw cal's website you could you could find your way there to see the map and see who your extension agent was or the area that services you absolutely right okay yep. great wonderful so to our topic at hand which is hemp uh, last year we had 135 growers that planted uh, a lot of challenges purchasing of seed weather mold drying we know that this year DATCAP released uh, the statistic that 1,400 have applied to grow hemp. So when you hear that, Shelby, what does that, <laughs> what does that make you think of as someone that's going to help us uh, educate us here in our state? Yeah, so it makes me think that it is a very exciting time to be <laughs> uh, alive. No, to be in hemp. And um, so... It, the first thing is it makes me a little nervous mm -hmm. just because people are very excited by this, but last year was a very tricky year to grow hemp. We received a very high amount of rain, and as you mentioned, that had a lot of issues pertaining to processing and storing the crop. I'm very excited that there's going to be that many people doing research or, or growing and farming, but I, um, I, hope, I hope that a lot of people are... Um, becoming as educated as they can before they put their plants in the ground sure. and they're not going to be over their heads because yeah it's a, it's a lot of work mm -hmm. it's a lot of money and there's a right now a lot of potential for failure so i'm i'm really hoping people are doing their due diligence figuring out uh, what they're getting into before they put those plants in the ground. <laughs> yes, thank you. I, I feel the same way. And a very important aspect of that is the whole market that we were just discussing before we started here, having an idea of where you can sell this because you're right. going to have a huge investment up front to get the crop established. Understanding the market is of extreme importance and the market, it's a little complicated as is uh, of now. So I want to talk a little bit about these uh, these four sites that have been chosen as, as points of research. So we've got UW's Arlington Agriculture Research Station in Columbia County. There's a private farm in Buffalo County, a private farm in Iowa County, and then there's a county farm in Chippewa County. Um, tell me a little bit about what the work there will entail, how often uh, you or other staff will be there, and how we'll get to learn from, from that process. So I'm just going to uh, kind of take a, a small step back here real quick, just so it makes it easier for our listeners to understand uh, where we're headed with this. So again, uh, we're starting our research uh, program at UW this year. So 2019 is going to be the first year uh, we start researching this crop. I myself... Uh, have never seen the crop okay so I'm actually anxious about it suddenly uh, we became the, the point of contacts uh, for this but we haven't had a whole lot of experience so we're in the same boat as most of our stakeholders so in terms of uh, grain and fiber there's some interest out there in growing uh, hemp in a larger scale for those uh, purposes so at Arlington Ag Research Station in Columbia County and then also in Chippewa County and Buffalo County we're gonna establish a variety trial 
where we're gonna uh, plant several uh, grain slash fiber varieties and we're gonna see how well they adapt uh, to our, our conditions here uh, across the state. Okay, so the first trial is a variety trial looking at grain slash fiber production. The second trial uh, or the second series of trials is gonna be focusing on the agronomics of grain and fiber production and those are all going to be conducted at Arlington Ag Research Station in Columbia County. Okay, One of the trials we're going to be looking at uh, management strategies for weed control. We're going to be looking at planting time, row spacing, inter-row cultivation and several uh, strategies there to help suppress weeds because from last year what we learned uh, from those who tried to grow industrial hemp uh, in a large scale weed management was a big problem so we're going to be investigating that. The other trial we're going to be uh, conducting it in a conventional system and looking at the response of the crop to fertilizers. Okay, row spacing, planting density, uh, and fertilizer response to several varieties there because we wanted to understand how do we optimize the yield, uh, keeping a THC threshold uh, under the 0.3 level. So we wanted to see whether our agronomic uh, uh, strategies or variety selection may influence or whether there are interactions there between grain production versus THC okay mm -hmm. so that's kind of a big component of what we're going to be doing and I just want to point out here for those that are interested in industrial hemp for grain fiber we intend to have a, a large field day at Arlington this year we historically every year we have our crops uh, agronomy and soils field day uh, and this year we're going to add a special track in the afternoon focused on hemp and that's going to be on August 28th of 2019 at Arlington Ag Research Station. So stay tuned uh, for more information on that field day. On top of the grain and fiber trials, we're going to have two locations we'll be focusing on CBD trialing. And, and the biggest effort, um, so those locations will be in Iowa County and Chippewa County. We'll be growing six different varieties of CBD. And, and the majority of the efforts will just be looking at a variety trial of how those six different varieties perform in our Wisconsin climates in two different locations. And particular things like what pests are a problem, what weeds are a problem. We're not doing experiments because of the, the initial cost of those varieties and the testing you have to do with DACCAP is it's pretty financially prohibitive <laughs> to mm -hmm. do big research studies. So once we find out what varieties do well, and we're also working closely with Michael Fields, testing some other varieties, when we start to get the idea of what is going to perform well in Wisconsin, we'll be doing more of those um, downstream type of research trials in the next several years. for grain and CBD choose what seed varieties to use? I've looked at variety trials that have been conducted in other states across the, the U.S. and I tried to fine-tune the list of varieties that thrived because there were a lot of varieties that consistently failed across most sites. So that was the first starting point. The second starting point was being able to obtain the seeds. Mm -hmm. And for a while now there was, there was uh, this issue with getting seed from Canada to the U.S. Apparently that's just been solved as we speak here. Uh, but most of the, the seed providers, or several of the seed providers, are actually in Canada. 
So I was struggling with the ability of bringing seed from Canada. So I hope we can overcome that because I'm supposed to be getting five of my varieties from Canada. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, they'll be here just for time for the planting season. Okay. So again, understanding what's being planted around us, what's done well, uh, so we can fine tune and fine tune our recommendations here for the state of Wisconsin. Very similar for us sourcing Sourcing clones and sourcing seed for high CBD varieties has been very challenging. However, we just reached out as broadly as we could and, you know, we're able to obtain as many varieties as that as we could that also were known to perform um, more in the, <laughs> the, the northern climates in the United States and Canada. So we have kind of a smattering of varieties coming from Washington. There are a few from Colorado and just others that we know have performed well in, in northern places, such as Minnesota. So will you be releasing the names of, of the varieties? And, and Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So okay. for a few days, we were going to have plot signage there, so then you okay. can you know trace back the varieties we planted. And at the end of the year, uh, we anticipate we're going to be releasing technical reports uh, with the preliminary data. Usually we tell uh, our stakeholders to take one year of data with a grain of salt, okay? Because mm-hmm. you know you gotta validate that. So before we have, uh, f- you know, full recommendations, we need at least two years of research with several sites. But for sure, year one, as soon as we have the data in, we intend to release that to our stakeholders, and that may help them uh, with their decisions. Uh, especially if we continue to see an increase in the interest in industrial hemp uh, in 2020 and beyond. Sure, I have a feeling you will. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, you can tell yes. from last year to this yeah, year already. Definitely. So. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, you're working with DATCAP, and uh, I know that the, I know I submitted my field report at the end of 2018. Have you been able to review those reports, or what have you what have you learned from those reports? That's going to be yeah. helpful. Yes, um, we we have been working very closely with DATCAP, and we have a very good communication line with them. However, those reports we still don't have access to them either. I think that's just part of the you know, initial legislation of the privacy of those reports and that they are the governing body <laughs> um, right now. So so we're also eagerly waiting for those results because that will inform some of our future research. And and we know that it's coming, but as, as everyone knows, DACAP has been totally overwhelmed by the amount of work involved in this pilot program for them. So we're being patient, but, <laughs> but also eager, eagerly awaiting, and I believe moving forward with some of these um, restrictions being lifted potentially in the uh, farm bill, or the, the what's the 2.0 version yeah, of the 2.0 for next year. Yeah. Yes, that um, hopefully we'll be able to help out with some of that uh, reporting as well on the university oh, side. That's great. So one of the things that happened last year, we talked about this a little bit um, offline, was that the university and then and then different departments, different schools weren't able to really um, support the new industry because of funding. Uh, now that in last November the the 2018 farm bill was signed, tell me how that impacts um, the different departments uh, as far as testing or support that uh, growers can hope to get from the university. That is a fantastic question, and I'll I'll speak on behalf of what we're going through here. So again, in December of 2018, hemp becomes a, a commodity crop, is listed as a commodity crop, and then 
we have had tremendous support uh, from our administrators uh, to do this work and you know just from our conversation here we're gonna have several uh, research uh, plots being established all over the state I think the services will be available it's just there's a lot of adjustment happening and I don't know if we're gonna be up to speed in this uh, growing season yet uh, but moving forward I think the, the services will be more readily available uh, for our clientele if that kind of makes sense so sure yeah by the end of 2018 the UW still had no infrastructure for hemp research there are no designated personnel for hemp none of this you know there were no point people for this so this has happened very quickly where we kind of need to uh, allocate time and investment for UW <laughs> to personnel and as well as um, supplies and all of the things we need to do to conduct this research, you know, it takes money. I think now we've, we've proven that this is something that is very interesting and there's funding support and that brings in the infrastructure. So we're finally getting to the point now where there are, are people that can at the university can provide that support to the Wonderful. growers. We have more than 20 professionals involved in this grant. So today we're talking here with uh, Shelby and myself. However, we have 20 people. We're representing 20 different either uh, researchers or educators all over the state. And what we're doing here, we're all joining our efforts so we can get this program up and going and become more competitive for uh, future grants, which Shelby's you know, already starting uh, to work on. Back to those field sites and field days, how will we be able to kind of um, be there with you or, or kind of keep an eye on when are you are you literally like they're farming you're gonna be out there are you gonna be live streaming or how do we keep up with what's happening in those sites so that we can learn from that uh, we're gonna continue this series uh, of webinars we're discussing when the next one will be held and it's gonna be kind of a mid-season pre-harvest one okay. where again we're gonna focus on grain and also CBD uh, we're gonna bring folks up up to speed on that uh, the, what we're trying to do here, uh, we don't have a central web page yet where we can post everything, but we're currently working on that through the College of Ag and UW Extension, so the web page should be available hopefully in the next uh, couple weeks. Here's for our clientele have you know this uh, landing page where they can find more information. But we're again closely working with uh, Dead Cap and Michael Fields, so anything and everything that we've been doing this has been a partnership, and we'll continue to be in partnership with them. So when we schedule a field day, we'll try to circulate via email, social media, your Twitter, your you know Facebook account. So hopefully uh, most stakeholders out there that are interested in this crop will become aware of our efforts. We're, we're trying to make sure everybody gets, uh, gets the word. Yes, yeah, similarly for a specific field day for the CBD variety trials, we don't have anything scheduled right now. We're actually working with a few farms to do an on-farm trial that would be closer to the Arlington location where we could kind of wrap that all together into mm -hmm. the same day or at least have similar nearby locations that we could have that field day. Michael Fields will be having a field day more also specifically focused on CBD. And then we, one of my main focuses during the year, during the growing season, will be taking photographs and, and videos of parts of production. So we'll be able to have some of these very specific targeted videos, you know, like a pest identification or weed control or fertilizer Excellent. management. So that will be available. And that will also tie in later to the, the course that I will be hopefully teaching uh, next spring. Oh, tell me a little bit about that. 
uh, there's a lot of interest both for farmers and growers across the state. There's also a lot of university interest. Mm -hmm. Students know that um, hemp and cannabis are a very exciting field of work to get into and that the job market continues to grow at a <laughs> more than linear rate every year. So um, people want classes specifically targeting this topic. So I'll be developing the first university class in industrial hemp or in cannabis next spring, so spring of 2020. And that class will be bringing in experts to talk about specific topics and having some panels for question and answering as well as we have a research license to bring plants onto the campus to give demonstrations of basic plant anatomy and what plants look like that are grown for different purposes and how to determine when a plant is ready to harvest so various things tied in with the videos that we're making so it'll be a very hands-on class but also a introduction to all things industrial hemp as well as kind of the historical importance of industrial hemp in the state of Wisconsin. Definitely, yes, we have a rich history here um, and the university has a, a, a history with helping farmers with coming together and feeling a sense of responsibility to to educate them and to have um, access to all the knowledge that is here. Um, it's all part of the Wisconsin idea, right? Absolutely. <laughs> That's currently a big part of my job. I have uh, through the university here, I'm at the assistant professor level, but I have a 70% extension and 30% research appointment. So it's part of my job to deliver to the clientele the work that we do here. And that goes uh, hand in hand with the Wisconsin idea. Oh. There's this quote I, I came across uh, while preparing for this from 1918, and it says, soil that will produce a good crop of corn will produce a good yield of hemp. I'm curious about a lot of uh, farmers that want to rotate hemp in or, or grow this crop. I'm, I'm very curious about what it means to grow hemp on soil that has had corn and maybe has had some additives that may may or may not work how how do you see that turning out here in our state so there was a saying there was a saying about uh, the hemp you could grow hemp in any land marginal land and make it grow and uh, apparently not it's not the case but hemp, it's a weed. Yeah, well well if it's a weed that's one thing but if you want it to be profitable and have it you know yield well you want to have good soils okay and we have a lot of good soils here uh, in the state of Wisconsin and then you just pointed out a good uh, that that saying is amazing because where you can get a good corn crop that means you have rich soils okay so hemp is gonna do well uh, the one thing that farmers have to or the, the, the hemp growers have to keep in mind is be very careful where you place that hemp crop especially if you're coming into conventional systems where let's say herbicides are part of that program okay so there's few things that they got to consider here there is the 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 labels of these products uh, hemp is this new crop so it's not part of any labels okay meaning you got to watch if you're bringing hemp into a conventional system where herbicides have been used in previous years you need to understand the planting interval for most herbicides this planting interval varies 
between 12 to 18 months, but for, for some of those products, uh, that may be up to 40 months. So it's important to understand what was applied to the field in previous years. That's also important for growers who may be willing to bring hemp as part of their systems in one or two, three years from now. So understand what you put now may influence uh, what you can plant in the years uh, to come. So that's just kind of one thing to keep in mind. As of now, uh, there are no synthetic pesticides labeled for hemp. So that's don't right. spray anything uh, on your hemp crop. So the, even though the land might not be certified organic, hemp should be grown as if you were growing an organic crop without any synthetic uh, pesticides there. So those are just uh, kind of things to keep in mind that I can think of. But again, when it comes down to good land, we're talking about you know good uh, soils, uh, high levels of organic matter, uh, good uh, balance of nutrients there, which is in incredibly important uh, for a crop that can actually be very demanding in terms of your nutrient, your nitrogen, your phosphorus, and potassium. Can you think of a department within uh, cows or extension that is able to kind of help a grower uh, determine how good their soil is or, or just offer some feedback before they, they, they plant. Absolutely. So, yeah, so the, the soils department would be a, a great start there. Yeah, no, but we have <laughs> a soil scientist, Dr. Carol Abaski. She's a big part of this uh, project here, uh, and we're going to be doing all the trials looking at the crop response uh, to nutrient levels, so that's her area of interest. I know she's developed some uh, preliminary recommendations uh, based off of what was available around the country, so she's done a little bit of that, but we're going to be collecting more data so she can then fine-tune uh, the recommendations. So again, Dr. Carol Abaski is a, a soil scientist that's heavily involved uh, with this project here, and hopefully she'll, uh, working with all of us here, we'll start providing some of the recommendations in that sense for our farmers. Yes, and, and definitely get your soil. I mean, there's a lot of these 1,400 growers that haven't farmed before, right? And that's a very steep learning curve. Yes. Um, you want to get your soil tested before you have anything in the ground to get an idea of those NPK levels because you may need to add additional, whether conventional or organic fertilizer, depending if you're doing how you're growing your system, mm -hmm. you're gonna want those inputs in before you're planting, or, or at least when you're planting, but preferably even two, several weeks before, which is now. Um, so get a soil test. They're, they're not that expensive and they're imperative for understanding your soil uh, structure and nutrient content. Excellent. And that can, you know, those tasks can be done through the university labs, but it, also several private labs out there that can- Do it as well. Yeah, yeah, yep. Tell me a little bit about if I am just, well, it, it, it's going to be have to be pretty quickly because we've got to start putting seed in, 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 the, in the greenhouse and we have to start planting soon if it would stop raining. But tell me uh, just some points that someone that's looking for seed, what, what should they bear in mind? As, as it's, seed is, it's not cheap, so it's, it, it's a huge decision. Correct. So I'm going to speak more on the, on the grain side and I'll let Shelby talk on the CBD, I guess. Uh, the seed, your seed is the foundation for your crop. So you have to have good seed uh, with good germination. The other thing we tell farmers is to make sure that they are getting uh, weed-free seeds because they don't want to be bringing more uh, weeds into their operation. So look into the, uh, the reputation of the company you're buying uh, seed from. I would reach out to them. I'll try to connect with farmers who have already grown those seed sources and ask mm -hmm. them because there are several uh, folks out there or random websites offering seed. But I'll 
spend a little time on that because again the seed is a foundation uh, and make sure you pick a good seed there to have a good start for your crop so that's kind of the recommendation for now and you would say the same thing for if you're um, growing for CBD yes I, I'm look sorry I'm looking up some stuff right now about that um yeah so so with your CBD varieties whether you're growing seed or clones you want to see that you're purchasing it from a re reputable source that you you either know someone else that has purchased from them or you know there's some historical record of them year to year providing seed or clones with your varieties you're going to be testing um, you want it to have a report of all of the the cannabinoid profile to know that it's been tested to mm -hmm. be below the 0.3 percent THC mm -hmm. level so that paperwork travels with your clones and your seed typically that it's been tested previously and and that needs to be up to snuff for, right. <laughs> for planting purposes and with dad cap so that's another important piece of uh, paperwork to come along with those seeds and clones check the dad cap website because they have a lot of good information I know some of the varieties last year they all test you know there was a consistency there around one or two varieties that tested high in the THC so go check what the with that cap, the information that they have available so you don't pick a variety or a seed source that will uh, end up in a, in a crop destruct scenario there because the THC level is above the 0.3. So tell me about some ways that we can utilize the resources. There's the, the website for cows. There's a YouTube channel. We're past the point to apply for licenses, licenses in 2019. Sure. Um, that's almost... I feel like there are a lot of people who got excited and realized that they passed that deadline, but that's almost good for them because now is your time. If you didn't get a license this year, start learning everything you can, um, making connections and, and soaking up all of the information that's available for when you can start applying come late fall. Um, so the UW, the there's also going to be a course developed uh, for the farm and industry short course that will be developed for hemp production and as well as the UW course which will be developed um, kind of on the, the history and cultivation of hemp and those will be offered in the next year but that will be perfect timing for educating yourself for the next growing season if sure. you didn't get a license this year or if you want to learn more and then those resources will hopefully be made available um, on the web as well. Excellent. And where can people find you individually? Are you are you on the Twitter or what? Are yeah, you? we're on Twitter. I mean, I'm on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> West Weeds. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. And yeah, and if you Google my name, you're gonna find my profile and the agronomy webpage with my contact information, phone, email, uh, and all that, and all my you know my background information there, publication records. Yes, and I'm at the Department of Horticulture. Uh, my email, we can list that. Sure. It's slrapinski at wisc.edu. And yes, I, I'm in the, in the process of kind of going through a transition here with the UW, so hopefully you'll be seeing my name and hemp a lot more often. Sounds great. Well, thank you both so much. I know, I know you're busy and I kind of crashed in here, but it's a beautiful building. It's very, very yeah. nice. I encourage everyone to come here. There's a lot of history here. <laughs> yes, history, yeah. Definitely. Yep, yep. Now help me with, with pronouncing this. It's Arigata. How do I say thank you in Portuguese? Obrigada. 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 Yeah. Obrigada. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>